Water. Earth. Fire. Air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. Podcast about all things Avatar. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated. Welcome to Bending the Elements, an Avatar podcast by us, the novice elitists, uh, with myself and Caleb. Caleb, how are you doing tonight, sir? Mm, I'm a little, uh, little nervous, a little apprehensive because uh, we're finally here doing our series overview for the entirety of avatar last airbender and i don't know how this is gonna go i don't know what kind of format we're gonna use for something like this this is a yeah this is something i've been nervous for for a little while actually this one (laughs) yeah i can't say i'm as nervous as i am with uh another thing we just recorded but this has been in my mind for the past several weeks as to how we're gonna go about uh, discussing this entire series i've 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 had some thoughts I've, i've been thinking about it but yeah, well, hey, it's largely uh, you know off the cuff because you know we've been doing uh, season or book overviews, of course. But this is uh, this is brand new for us. We've never done that. We've we've completed series. It's it's finally like put a check mark against that one. That's a W right there. Yeah, that that's certainly true. Um, but one of the things I was thinking with this is I'm expecting this to be a little bit more loose than maybe our series or uh, uh, should I say uh, book overviews. Uh, season overviews <laughs> i guess more technical yeah it's gonna be interesting when we go to a different series altogether that's not yeah related and then we'll be well i don't actually know if we'll i guess we'll do season overviews at that point i suppose probably yeah we'll see how it goes but anyway because yeah i was hoping to intermix a little bit of not just you know our overall thoughts on the the series but also some of our thoughts on doing this podcast so far and uh, for instance, one of the things I've mean to ask you for a long time, I, th- I think you maybe said it in our first overview, where you're just saying, oh, I was not expecting the podcast to go like this at all. Like, this is not how I expected things to work out. And I, I feel like maybe you've echoed that a few times over the, the years at this point that we've been doing this. Yeah, you're just kind of, I cannot believe I'm saying that. <laughs> and I was curious, uh, I don't know if you want to start with it, but if you remembered why you said that or what you meant by that. Time to dig in the anals of my brain two years ago. Nope, can't think of anything. Um, <laughs> I just don't, I, you know, when we first started this, uh, you, you, y'all go back and listen to us in episode zero, the rambling beginnings. I still at least remember that. It's a very catchy title. Um, memorable one at that. And I didn't know how this whole thing was going to pan out. Uh, I didn't know where... Like it would become discussions, or at least how I would get a lot better at discussing uh, certain topics. I, yeah, I just I I wasn't expecting it to go down this road. There's obviously an infinitesimal amount of possibilities that we where we could have gone, and instead we went down this one. So maybe in all those other possibilities, uh, I'm saying the same exact thing of just like, yeah, I, I didn't expect it to go down this route of us of almost doing a scene by scene discussion. 
because uh, I just didn't occur to me that we would do that. So it has been eye-opening, and at the same time, I have enjoyed it. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, I think maybe when we first were discussing doing this, we are going to do commentaries. And thinking back, I just can't see that as having worked, <laughs> if we had done that. A good example of that, actually, is if everybody goes and listens to, on the other channel, uh, some of our commentaries for individual DC properties or episodes, or even, you know, that one episode of Spider-Man, uh, I was to say Unlimited, uh, Spider- Ultimate Spider-Man that we did, where we were just doing, like, those straight, of just like, oh, okay, those are just commentaries, like, like we we're just talking for 21 minutes, and uh, honestly, like, I think we... Started, yeah, because we were doing the Justice League episodes before that, I believe, correct? Yes, 2020, we were doing the Justice League um, episodes, and then the next year was the beginning of Avatar, if I recall. Yeah, it was, yeah, we, we started doing TV with the Justice League, uh, was it 2001, a series? Yes, I think so, 2001 or two. Yeah, we had a listener that gave us some requests, and we also did a couple, uh, yeah, like you said, the Spider-Man thing and some of the Batman uh, episodes and yeah and and those have their i mean i think we got better at doing that as time went on but definitely those early ones were rough <laughs> and uh yeah i feel like it would have given this show a very different uh energy if we were just doing commentaries the whole way through it's gotten to the point where when we do and i think we still will be doing some of those uh tv episodes as commentaries it becomes so weird because i I feel out of place. I feel like this is wrong. We should be doing, because of how short the episode length is, we should be doing this, like, we cannot exact scene by scene, but we should be doing this Bending the Omen style. Now we have, like, you know, our own, um, how would I call it, format. We have our own format now, which is awesome, uh, of how we do these things. It is still scene by scene, but, like, I like this Bending the Elements format and definitely would want to bring that to those TV episodes, hence why we're going to eventually, hopefully, do those Justice League ups, redo some of them. Well, redo the whole thing of course yeah but like uh it does feel weird going back in fact i was actually uh, not, not too much inside baseball but i was listening to uh the superman the animated series little girl lost commentary we did last year and yeah there's i somehow i made it work i think and but if we when we revisit that i'll definitely yeah hopefully do a little bit more go, go the bending the elements format yeah, I think it was even during one of those Superman ones where we discussed, like, should we abandon the, the commentaries here? Should we switch over to the other format? Because, yeah, I think we were both like, we, we don't fully know how to jump back into this headspace. Yep. Feels. <laughs> so, yeah, that format's kind of gone by the wayside for us when it comes to uh, television shows in general. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, for commentating, excuse me. Yeah, and I'll say coming into, I guess, moving over to the series a little bit more. Yeah, I... I was super excited to revisit Avatar and, and I feel like it's, you know, we, we paced it out over three years and I, overall, I think I'm quite happy with how the, the podcast turned out and especially revisiting it. I, I love the show even more. I did that first viewing. I, I just think it was just so great. That's awesome. I'm, I'm happy because again, yeah, I know maybe I'm repeating myself or us again. It's like, yeah, I, we had said that we had wanted to do it, but we just never knew how we were going to do it. And admittedly as well, there was a point where I forgot, well, I remember, um, that we didn't even record anything yet. We, I don't remember the reason. Cause like we, we put out episode zero and then we did like episode, like the pilot, not the pilot, but we did like, you know, the first two episodes, the boy in the iceberg. Um, 
like what two or two or three months later and like geez what a great way to start like you know this whole like you know new channel off yeah i can't remember what the reason was but yeah there was like a big delay where we just put it on the shelf for a while probably on my end i can only imagine that it was probably like baloney that came off of my like uh it was on my end and on my part it may have been me it because i know i did not really like writing out the uh the kind of scripts for us to do we did it a couple times on our other feed covering some movies we did it for the lighthouse and shockwaves where i would like script a scene by scene and i just never liked doing that i never thought that it came off natural and so when we did it for that first uh episode the boy in the iceberg i i just was not happy with it so maybe i put the show on ice for a little while so we could try to retool it <laughs> we went back into the iceberg whoops yeah. the boys the <laughs> boys went into the iceberg there you go um no that that is definitely fair the scene and that's where you know that's where the whole like scene by scene idea came in, in from and what you guys uh you the audience will see from us when it comes to the uh comic versions of this or when we do the comic reviews uh later <laughs> on no, no, nothing spoiling yet but like um but yeah no that i forgot that first episode was scripted um but you know you know what i accept that because again we were testing the waters we were like we just didn't know what we were gonna do yet mm-hmm. and we were like all right well this is what we just re- we recently tried this format uh with shockwaves and lighthouse and i think we also did zombie 2 like that as well if i recall no and so was it not that okay never mind i thought it was that yeah we did a commentary for that but i had planned to do a scene by scene i just didn't uh that's right it just didn't work out in the end fair enough yeah uh you know no i remember that okay uh so yeah we we, we can't and i don't know if there was a time in between um the boy in the iceberg and then um the southern air temple i don't know if there was any like you know significant amount of time between that but yeah definitely that was where we were like all right let's 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 try this and this, you know i basically started improving a lot of a lot of stuff, a lot of ideas. And it was like, okay, like as much baloney and nonsense as I may be throwing <laughs> out there and, you know, just navel gazing and just, you know, keep the recording going. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> like, like Sokka with his improv, or at least, you know, finding his voice in the series. I, we eventually found our voice. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think those last, you know, well, I think most of the show turned out fairly well, better than, yeah, definitely some of the TV stuff we've caught on the other feed. I mean, I like the fact that we started with this series on this channel because in a way that the series also kind of had its grow, not, not, I don't want to say call it growing pains, but uh, it definitely was trying to, you know, well, how do, how do we like, you know, make ourselves, I can't say memorable, but you know, like, where's our voice? You know, how TV has to like grow the beard is, you know, in the Star Trek terms, I'm just like, okay, how do we do that exactly? And, you know, it took a while, maybe, you know, probably till like maybe episode seven or eight when like the show probably got onto people's radar and be like, oh, wow, this show's like really good. Or at least it's found its voice. Hopefully. I think obviously it took a little later for it to find its voice, maybe for some people, but like. It's the same with this show, right? Like maybe, maybe I'm giving us too much credit, but I'm like, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. I maybe like it's, it's great. Cause we were still, you know, experimenting with stuff there and um, good, I guess a good show to jump into and an easy one for us. Yeah. And I'm very curious to see what Cora is going to look like when we get to that. Cause well, that's, you know, well, Hey, if you're listening to this years later, you obviously know how it you know turned out. <laughs> yeah. 
there's one thing if I if I can if I can pull the curtain uh, from behind, sure. If I can curtain the curl curtain out from you. Um, I gotta ask, sir, because this is maybe maybe this is like way too much insider information, but at least this is I guess since we're at the end, I might as well just address it. Caleb, what was the deal with uh, you? You had mentioned in uh, I know the answer, but obviously maybe the audience doesn't. But if if I can, it's it's so far removed from. Um, you know, the event, I guess, or we were so far removed from that date. So I think it doesn't matter, but there was a, there was a person that you had mentioned that you wanted to, um, I guess, get involved as being another co-host of this, uh, here podcast. Oh yes. Yes. Cause you had said mm-hmm. like, yeah, uh, you were like, oh yeah, we have a, we will have a potential like future co and you like even mentioned him by name. So if I, if I can ask, what was that whole thing about? Just again, very like, you know, going way back and like, like insider information there. Yeah, well, if anyone's been following this channel for quite a while, they, I'm sure we've mentioned many times that we are uh, fans of the Geekvolution YouTube channel. That was, uh, yeah, just something that we both kind of bonded over when we first met. We independently found that channel and then independently kind of just, I think we like recommended it to each other. And it was like, oh, wait, I, we already know that. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah, no, and that's how our friendship even grew, grew even more. Yeah, and... um uh one of the occasional hosts on that channel was the real manos i think from about like uh i don't know how early but uh probably between like 2010 to uh like 2017 16 maybe yeah yeah and over the years i talked to and somewhat met a few of those those folks from that channel and the real manos me and him struck up a a minor uh, Twitter friendship for a while where we were discussing a whole bunch of different stuff. And one of the things that we talked about was Avatar. He was just recently getting into it. And I mentioned to him that we were starting up this podcast in a few months and he expressed interest in coming onto it. But our schedules just never lined up. And after trying for, I don't know, maybe it's like six months, I just kind of gave up <laughs> asking. So no shade on Manos at all. He has his own stuff going on. He's, he's a busy guy. And yeah, it just never really worked out there. Yeah, of course. I figured it was just, you know, life and, you know, other things caught on. So it's like, fair enough. Thank you for addressing that topic, sir. Or at least, you know, that little inside joker or whatever you want to call yeah. it. Because <laughs> it's like, if this, if somebody's been listening this whole time, other than me, because I remember this, uh, just like, wait a minute, where's this like real Manos character? It's just like, when am I going to see him? It's like, probably not. <laughs> Yeah, you can see him on his YouTube channel, The Real Manos. I'll leave a link in the description. Nice. And uh, yeah, I always really appreciated some of the stuff he did for for Geekvolution, especially their uh, Batman commentaries for Batman and Robin and um, and uh, Batman Forever. Very funny stuff there. And uh, yeah, go check out some of that that great classic Geekvolution stuff. <laughs> Quite recommended. I mean, hey, some classic Geekvolution could be from five years ago. <laughs> well this was uh like 10 years ago yeah different era of course maybe 12 or 13 years ago now Ooh, my goodness oh. um but um <laughs> but yeah i guess uh, i'm not sure if i have too much more to go for the inside baseball stuff except just uh yeah it's, it's been a, a wild ride and i feel like my own uh personal podcasting uh kind of growth has has had a lot to do with this show i feel like as much as we've covered a whole bunch of varied stuff on the novice leaders feed, I feel like really diving into the the work done in this this program and you know going episode by episode, I feel like it's really 
brought a different way for me to to look at media. And uh, yeah, reviewing it with you, I feel like it's definitely been yeah big boom for our our feeds. Thanks, man. I I appreciate that. It's yeah, you know, it's it's a journey. I'll say that much. And yeah, I'm glad that you uh, learned some stuff. You 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 came out of this with like some new experiences and. Yeah, some uh, brand new stuff that you'll bring to the table when it comes to uh, podcasting elsewhere. And even, I guess, on our other feed, for Pitt's sakes. Yeah, and it was, I wish that we would have gone in some more guests, but I really appreciated also having Johnny and Michaela on for the select few episodes that they appeared. I definitely brought a different dynamic, and I'm hoping to, uh, yeah, get them in a, a little bit more uh, the next time around with Cora. I admit, I, I don't know if we want to do regrets, but I definitely regret not having Michaela on more often. <laughs> Yeah, I know, you know, I know she expressed some interest in wanting to revisit some of Cora because she hasn't seen it in a while. So, Yeah, because I do enjoy uh, talking with her and interacting with her. But but yeah, we were, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I made it very, like, you know, open to anybody, really. Though there was a, I guess we can relay this to the, the listeners uh, for this one. There was a kind of an interesting situation that we had one point where one of our other uh, I'd say like, I guess, guest hosts uh, we've, we've interacted with some time. Uh, one who also, him who recommended some of the Justice League stuff and put us down that road. Uh, mm. Although we've been wanting to do it for years anyways. Uh, he just started the ball off with us. Uh, he had expressed interest to wanting to commentate over um, the pilots. Well, not the pilots, excuse me, but the boy in the iceberg. Oh yeah. I don't know that. if you remember this, but um, yeah, he wanted to do that. I'm like, uh um and we were like knee deep in avatar by this point i don't know if it was if we were in book two or if we were like already halfway or more of through book one and then you know comes to us and is just like yeah i want to i want to commentate over the boy in the iceberg i'm like uh uh um yeah yeah i'm pretty sure we were into book two when he asked and yeah I think it was you that was just like, ah, I don't really want to go back at this point. Maybe later we can do it. But at this point, we're so deep in. But. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, remind me, sir, did we or did you put uh, episode zero, Rambling Beginnings, or Boy in the Iceberg on the Novice Leaders feed? I believe I put the Boy in the Iceberg. Smart decision rather than like rambling beginnings because you know people who are already listening to the novice lead, novice lead excuse me are just like what 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 is this introduction video doing here yeah. or uh, audio file doing here yeah and they already know well enough about our rambling ways so they don't need any more of that on there oh certainly <laughs> um so yeah apologies to our i mean i don't know if he's listening to this or not but apologies to our our bud there uh for i guess not yeah jason yeah jason not uh not not uh I guess, unfortunately, not, you know, doing a commentary over, I guess, the boy in the iceberg. But, well, actually, we never did do a uh, commentary. So there's still that, I guess. I guess. Yeah, there's still that chance. That's what you meant, though. So, uh, yeah, I guess we could technically do that. Yeah, maybe one of these days. Um, But I guess, yeah, transitioning a little bit over to some of our look at the, the overall series. And I'm curious if there's going to be some contention here. But who would you say out of the out of our group of leads do you feel like had the strongest uh, character arc over the whole the whole of the series? Because I, I think I've got my answer pretty pretty firmly there. <laughs> well, I think it's fairly obvious that Zuko. Yes, yes, very much Zuko. <laughs> 
really not much room for for argument there. He definitely, and, and I, it's kind of surprising that because uh, you'd think that there'd be so much room for a story right there, just a continuing series, maybe more focused on Zuko, as he's trying to reform the, uh, yeah, the world going forward instead of jumping ahead to the next Avatar. But maybe maybe that wouldn't be as interesting. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? If they decide to make that kind of sequel series. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Um, where there it was a stopping point, like I said, where it is the end of this story, but it's still the story for these characters continues. And they immediately jump to Korra. And I mean, when I was a like, like even even like when I didn't watch the show, like even when I stopped watching the show because I didn't think there was it was available anymore. And it had finished, and they at least I didn't see them do any reruns on TV. I knew it finished. I didn't. I don't know if I actually expected them to keep going with like the next Avatar. I had I had no idea. I think like obviously fan fiction writers were doing that, but I had like zero clue that they were all uh, that they were going like to a new Avatar. I think I only just knew about the movie, uh, and that was it. <laughs> so I was like. I I just yeah I didn't I don't know like I I kind of wanted a, like a, a follow up or at least you know something else maybe to see where these characters go but other than that I was just like oh this is just an awesome series and they're not doing it anymore and that's kind of sad but I guess them's it breaks and I wasn't expecting Korra to be a thing not in a bad way just like oh there we go yeah yeah and even just leaving uh, Zuko part of his story untold with the uh, the question at the end of it. Where's my mother? You know, I think uh, that leaves it open for fans to be like, oh, when are we going to get the, the follow-up to this? And unfortunately, didn't get it on screen, but I'm curious how the, the comics are going to go when we get to those. Yeah, and he, I've, I've like, browsed the wiki, like, up front. I browse the wiki. I somewhat know some of the stuff that happens in the first few comics, but he has, like, he's in the dark, which is perfect. Okay, hmm. Yeah, but if uh, yeah, if we think that he was the the best written, uh, I don't know if I want to say who was the worst written, but I think if I was gonna have to pick the one that maybe feels the least developed out of our core group, yeah, it's probably Toph. As much as I love Toph, Toph is such a, a fun presence in terms of a strong character arc. Ah, uh, I, I don't know if there was much there, a little bit, but well, I mean that, or you could say Suki when she showed up like late into the game. But if we're going with Toph, uh, yeah, no, there was other than her within the introduction of the season she's or introduced in, excuse me, within the season she's introduced, excuse me, uh, yeah. into she gets out of her comfort zone into the world and discovers metal bending. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of what we got. And with Suki, she's more of just a you know kind of a assistant character to Sokka. She isn't part of the core uh, four <laughs> or core five. Yeah, unfortunately, there's no, yeah, there's never a moment for her to have ever broken away from the side character aspect. I would have liked to. I guess they were. I wonder if they were trying to do that with her, but they, as far as I'm aware, there's no like solo episode for her. So it's like, ah, that's that's kind of a shame. Yeah, and I can't remember if she had a novel for herself. I I have a strange feeling that she did, but I'm. Maybe, maybe not. I think I'm wrong. I think there is something out there. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because apparently we got a comment. Oh, yes. Yeah, we have. Uh, we got a request from 
an email request, actually. Oh my goodness, this is like, you know, historic news, ladies and gentlemen, those between unaffiliated. Yeah, we've had more feedback over on our novice Leas feed, but this feed, this, this feed here, Benny Elements, really has not had much uh, feedback almost at all. A couple little reviews here or there, but that's about it. It's right when the series ends. Lovely. Yeah. I don't know if I should say the name of the, the, the person who sent us an email. I don't know if that's... <laughs> uh, well, if you're listening, this it, th- thank you. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I guess I'll just say uh, Raphael uh, asked us to check out the Kyoshi and Yangchen uh, novels. And we definitely discussed doing that. And I think that we were talking about doing it a little bit later down the line. Maybe... It will happen. Uh, but as he's about to mention, yeah, it's not going to happen for quite a while, though, because we got to space those out. Because uh, while this is a f- Avatar channel, first and foremost, because we have several, you know, plentiful series that we will be uh, looking at, uh, given a movie, uh, Netflix television, live action television series, and then a new series. So, you know, plenty of stuff. Up, but we are still going to be looking at other non Avatar related series on this channel uh, later down the line. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we get to the books and stuff before we move on from, you know, Korra. But but we do want to get to Korra soon, and we've got some comics lined up already. So in between the various Korra books, we'll probably try to cover a little bit more of the comics and maybe, yeah, those two novels in there. Or, or I think it's actually more than two novels, but because I think Kiyoshi has uh, two of them, I think. Yeah, but definitely we, we will get to this stuff. It Yeah, it just might take us another, you know, two years or so. <laughs> which you know if you're all like oh for pit six like we're jumping ship it's like yeah we don't blame you or i don't blame you hey there's still so much good stuff to come in in the comic books i'm very excited to check out i've not read any of that stuff yet so he is in for a treat hopefully yeah (laughs) oh yes there was a second kiyoshi book so yeah that was one that has two whereas uh, young shin only had one book but um yeah before we get to the the comics and the books yeah, I guess we we kind of talked about the two uh, maybe best written characters for the series. Um, Aang, we, we've definitely maybe talked to death about some of the shortcomings there, even though I think we both still really like that character. But in terms of an arc, definitely. And I, and I think mostly intentionally so. Some flaws in that character's development. I was posing this question myself, and I don't even know how to, if I can phrase the question properly or phrase the statement properly with what I've been thinking about with this character or with like the, the series overall when it comes to Aang, given that he's the title character. <sighs> but I'll at least say this. I think that when it comes to, if we're looking at this from, pardon me if I'm going there, if we're looking at this series from like a young adult fiction perspective, I think that this series has a better grasp of a young adult fantasy than maybe some other ones, or maybe I just don't know my young adult fantasy at all. Do you do you mean just specifically for Aang or the overall world? I think for Aang. Like if we're looking at Aang as a insert character for um, a teenager or a preteen going through puberty and or you okay. know, ex- hmm. experiencing you know the troubles of you know growing up. I think this is a better version of that where there's no like, oh, he learned everything by the end. Like, no, he didn't. But I think that's the point in that this character still has so much room to grow through, but you can see all the obstacles that he has to deal with. You can use the elements as a metaphor 
uh, for aspects of life that people deal with at, pre- at preteen age. And then we have him literally going up against the institution and authority figure uh, cool. itself. So I think when it comes to the young adult, like American young adult fiction, excuse me, such as Hunger Games, Harry Potter, uh, I guess it's British, but still, um, Divergent, uh, give me something, something else. There's those Maze Runner books, but I never read those. Or yeah. uh, that's that's true. Ara- Aragorn or Aragorn? Aragorn. <laughs> the, the Inheritance Cycle, I guess. Yeah, the I think that counts as well. I think. Yeah, I wasn't going to, but I guess that technically counts. I guess the Immortal Secrets of Nicholas Flamel that probably counts. Uh, I don't know if Bones counts at all. That graphic novel, I never read it. Uh, maybe not. I just probably offended a lot of people. I apologize probably not, uh, but... for my ignorance there. Oh, but yeah, no, there was definitely some weaker young adult stuff. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the better comparison is uh, animated stuff from this time that had serialized storytelling. But I'm not really sure what that was either. <laughs> so, well, funny uh, <laughs> you should ask. Uh, I think Samurai Jack was off the air at this point. If we're talking like going American style, um, geez, like I don't know if Shallon Showdown was uh, serialized or not, or if it was episodic. I guess it was a mix of both. The Batman, eh, Lunatics Unleashed. Well, it was there. Um, I mean, there's a lot of other ones. I don't, I'm not sure. I I guess there's Danny Phantom as well, but like that was also somewhat episodic. Um, cause it was never building up to anything. Obviously we're going to have to go with like the one that is influenced Avatar the most that obviously we're going to go to Japan because a lot of their series well, I'm I'm I don't know. I feel like any fan of Naruto or Bleach by this point is just like Avatar doesn't hold a flame to, you know, Naruto or Bleach. It's like, yeah, I mm. guess that's true. Yeah, but but just in its own right, I think Aang even though there like I said, I think there was some intentional flaws and maybe some unintentional ones with him never really wanting to take the the role seriously until you know, close to the end or, or sporadically he would, and then would have like a fallback. It would like, he would take two steps forward and then uh, for reasons unknown would just quickly jump back to the first step again. But I still think overall it was, it was a satisfying journey. And when we got to that end, I was, yeah, felt, felt like I was, was pleased enough with how they wrapped up Aang. I feel like a lot of people can see themselves in Aang with that, like, again, with that journey of, like, he learned something, but then he kind of, like, regresses, or at least he, um, while he has that skill and talent, he kind of just, I don't know if he's full of himself, but he definitely kind of, like, lazes about it. It's just like, yeah, I'll get to it later. I definitely can relate. Yeah. But one of the other things I had written in my notes, kind of moving away from the, the characters, unless you had, uh, unless you wanted to go through uh, Sokka and Katara, I feel like we kind of did that in the book three overview we definitely did i guess with just uh, maybe to i guess further just not justify but i guess to explain myself better with toff yeah i don't i mean i guess what they could have done i mean they could not have done it but i guess the way to at least bring her character arc i don't know what the character arc was i mean we were kind of disagreeing with her teaching methods uh, because like I had mentioned, she never has taught somebody else before. So I think they should have 
again, I can't rewrite the series, but uh, I, I was ho- maybe they probably should have gone in the direction of uh, she needs to learn to be a better teacher, especially since there is a, a book out there with called like Toss Metal Bending School. So that's that'll be interesting to look at. Maybe hey, maybe uh, whoever wrote that uh, is, uh, came from the, the past and like came to the future to find that out. It's just like, oh, we got to like, you know, get the, you know, do what the novelcita says. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> We've made that joke a few times. Okay. Because, <laughs> you know, Brian, Michael, they're big fans of this, this podcast, right? Yeah. Uh, send us some email if you want to guest uh, star for, for Cora. Guest star or just guest record. Anyway, um, <laughs> n- neither there. But yeah, she, I mean, like, again, the only moment where she, like, I guess had an arc was she couldn't get out of a situation she was trapped in. And then all of a sudden she could. And then like metal bending. It's like, yeah, kind of, I mean, I don't know if I mentioned this in book two, but it's like, oh, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know. I, I, I can't tell if they just realized at a certain point that they just had too much going on. And like, like I think we talked about in the, this, the book two overview that they kind of introduced her late in the season. And it was like, oh, maybe they didn't have enough time to really give her that much to do. And then in book three, they it was like, oh, crap, we've got a lot to, to pack into this season. What, what can we do for Toph? Uh, let's just amp up her comedy relief stuff. And yeah, not really much more for character development wise for her in book three. Well, I guess in a way it did end uh, with the runaway where she's like, uh, and what I was going to get to originally, uh, she uses hockey to send a message to her parents. And we never find out what, you know, that message what, like entailed and what the reply was and the response was. And that was where I was going to go of like, I guess the character arc ends with her going to see her parents and at least confronting them with like, you know, I am an independent person. Hear me roar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess that was a nice little something. Yeah. Not, not too much, but. But yeah, maybe maybe we've, we've talked about it with Toph. Yeah. yeah, that's true. But yeah, to the other the two Southern Water Tribe characters. Oh, I was I was just gonna move away from them because yeah, I feel oh. like I've if you've got something, go ahead. I feel like I've said my piece on them too during. That. Uh, well, I guess they got over their hatred of the Fire Nation and Absolution, and now it's just like okay, just you know, the crazed maniacs are you know the ones we don't like. Zuko's cool. Because okay. he had a, you know, he had a turnaround, uh, especially for Katara there, um, and I guess Su- or I guess Sokka finally witnessed magic from the very start. I have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he, I think he witnessed that. Uh, yeah, a little while before that, I think. Yeah, definitely, especially going into the spirit world. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, if if you want to hear us talk more about them, yeah, you can listen to book three overview i think they uh get camp quite a bit uh, but one of the things i was going to say now that we're finally removed from from all the uh the book specific overviews and looking at the, the series as a whole which arc do you think had the most impact for you because i know there was like the oppa's missing one that one i feel like stands out quite a bit especially just in terms of having a, a bunch of good episodes intermixed there's some really different episodes for the show yeah that one's definitely a highlight for me that's a good question. It's a, uh, that's a difficult one because there's so many of them. 
I remember yeah. I like broke down the arcs in book one, but I didn't do that for books two or three. I guess I could just do that now. Yeah, well, we don't need to go necessarily break down every single one, just the ones that stand out to us. <laughs> you know how long it's going to take me to say that. Uh, smart. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he knows me too well. Um, Sorry, I'll, I'll just keep going. Well, you think about it, I'll, unless you have an answer now. No, yeah, you, you take it. You, I feel like you like had this question preloaded, so please like state your case. Yeah, with the uh, the Oppa's missing one, it gave gave us a chance to see a different side of Aang, that more kind of uh, rage-filled side, that, that side that made him uh, jump to seemingly some homicide actions there <laughs> for that poor uh, buzzard wasp. And if not for the buzzard wasp, he definitely was in a place where he might have been pushed over an edge to some further violence to some, to some of the other people that we saw. And then getting that, that uh, episode with Oppa off on his own, that was really something that was a huge standout in the series for me and um yeah i guess not fully tied in but with the library right beforehand i mean that gave us some cool expansion as well with some of the spirit world stuff and then yeah the i guess the big wow how long is it for for that point because that's where they learned about the day of the black sun right tales of bossing say is either 15 or 16 so it'd have to be episode 12. I guess I could just have my phone here. I can actually just look this up. Hang on a second. <laughs> well, I'll set up a plot for a long time to come from that one. So yeah, I feel like for the overall series impact, definitely the Oppa being missing. Yeah, I had some, some strong ripples going forward for, for quite a while. Let's see. We have... Oh, that's right. Oh, that's a long one, actually. Because we have the library. If we start at the library, for instance, because he does technically get captured at the end of it so we have library yeah. the desert the serpent's pass which is two no no one episode right because then it's the drill city of walls of secret bossing tales of bossing say opposite that's seven episodes yeah and, and even then we don't see him until lake lao guy like he doesn't get back with ang until lake so that's eight episodes they were without appa yeah it's a long time <laughs> wow okay that's Yeesh. Okay, yeah, that's a long one. Holy smokes. Uh for me, let's let's see. We had the arc where we had the early uh book three arc where they're kind of you know hiding and shuffling through the Earth Nation incognito style. Uh hmm. up until Nightmares and Date well, Day of the Black Sun, I guess, but also Nightmares and Daydreams. So there's that whole like, you know, arc, I suppose. Then there's the uh, so- uh, Sokka. There's the Zuko's Redemption arc, the three-part arc, which is, you know, because it's of actually four, I guess. Uh, Firebending Masters, Bowling Rocks 1 and 2, and then Southern Raiders. So that's four there. So that, that one's an important one for, you know, finally seeing Zuko kind of, you know, make amends for everything that he had uh, been doing up to that point. Hmm. You're really compelling me to say yours because that's the one that really, yeah, does kind of in like if we're talking for the main character then that one is very important uh given that yeah it's we see ang in, in a mood um he's in his uncomfortable zone where you know this 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 you know friend that he has been caring for since you know he was youngling as well and has watched him grow um he's he's gone and stolen by that in that fact as well uh it angers him and that, yeah, we definitely 
there's no monks or adult figures to quell that anger. And instead we see a child raging mm-hmm. and this child just so happens to be uh, a God within a child. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty scary. Yep. So the temp- temper tantrum, while you could say is annoying, it's like, yeah, but if an adult were there, they would quell that anger, right? Like they would at least be like, all right, hang on a sec. They would have assurance. Whereas him hearing, you know, Katara or Sokka say that it doesn't have the same ring to it. Yeah, no, that's that's definitely true. And I was trying to think of the book one big arcs, but it that one's it's kind of funny the way it's set up because it's almost like throughout pretty much the whole first book, the arc is we got to get to uh, the Northern Water Tribe. <laughs> I guess at the the end, what is it like maybe three or four episodes that take place there? Three, three. We three. have. Hang on a second. Uh, we have. The, the water bending master. So Master Paku is a sexist or a misogynist. Mm-hmm. And then we have Siege of the North Part One and Two. Yeah, but I'm, try, I'm trying to think of some bigger. If there was a bigger one in Book One that stood out, I feel like there was, but I just can't remember it currently. Well, there was the Spirit World and Avatar Roku, so the Winter Solstice arc or duology, really. Yeah, no, that was definitely a good one. Absolutely. We had the Storm and the Blue Spirit. That was. Uh, two as well that were important yeah but yeah i don't know (laughs) i I remember there was a lot of good ones but when i was thinking about this i actually didn't have it preloaded i just wrote that question down and the first one that came to mind was yeah appa being missing because it changes ang in a way and does and and really I don't know if things change after that. I think things just go back to the status quo. There's never a moment other than like, I missed you buddy at the end of like Lao guy. Uh, there's never a moment where Aang has, is just like with himself and Appa and they like kind of just, you know, look at each other yeah, in that way. Or they like kind of talk the way, you know, a person would with their animal child, right? Like there's none of that. Yeah, I kind of wish there was. I kind of wish they had an episode like that where, it, or maybe an episode, but like a Tales from Bossing say. It's funny. They could literally use, like, the, the thing that this series, like, one of the criticisms I have to give this series, more episodes. You could have done more episodes. Well, you know, they, I'm sure they only had so many ones that they were given per season, so. Oh, they certainly did. But it's just, like I said, this this series only had for each each like season and literally using it like, you know, in the TV terms, uh, each season was only 20 episodes. And I think other television programs around the time, uh, wait, I got one, uh, other television programs at the time had like 26 episodes. I recall, I got another one. I figured out another one might be a future one as well, which, which had 26 episodes in two seasons. And that was continuous. That was building to something. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was building something. I think Winx Club also technically had that. Another one, Yu-Gi-Oh. Like that was that was something that was like ongoing as well. Hmm. So, but but yeah, that one also I think had like either twenty-two or twenty-six episodes. I know it's only like a two-episode difference, but it's just like it was weird for me to figure like find out that this was like twenty episodes and other ones had more. I think even some of the early Clone Wars episodes had only like. Yeah, probably 24 episodes. Obviously, the when they went to Disney Plus or Netflix, they shortened it, of course, but it's different. Yeah, and I didn't... I, I wrote this down, but I didn't necessarily want to go to it because it seems kind of more difficult 
considering how many episodes we have to deal with at this point. But was there a favorite or maybe your two favorites out of the whole series? Ones that you would go back to out of sequence because you're just like, oh, I just want to be in that episode again. I probably would say uh, probably, like I said, the Firebending Masters. Because, mm. again, I've, I'll say I said it before. I'm going to say it again. It's the episode where after an entire series where the perceived enemy their elements literally uh, is seen as evil and has seen as instruction and the character himself has used it before without training or without uh, the proper uh, focus with it and um, kind of out of control with it. Um, and, a, and a character as well who used that element as well uh, for fuel it's now extinguished from him and he literally has like reached his like lowest point in a way where he literally can't firebend anymore. The fact that the episode ends with a display of what firebending originally was as a, you know, dazzling display of a multitude of many colors. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just, I don't know. Just that one always resonates with me. I don't know why, but just seeing the, the the look on Aang's face and almost like oh that's so beautiful like you can you know make the this is a like scene of beauty like you know this can be an element for good like almost like you know this whole time I have been fighting you know these these firebenders I, I have perceived this element as evil and now I see what it really is and it never was evil to begin with it was only you know mm-hmm. given evil by human emotions and human intent yeah. So that one for me is probably like the one that I would go back to, even though you probably need like a full on series to rewatch it. Yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, the context. But I no, I think on its own, it it's definitely a beautiful uh, yeah, change in the way that we view Firebenders. And it was definitely one of the ones that would, I was just couldn't wait to get to it. Stood out in my memory so strongly. And it also kind of bonds... Uh, both Zuko and Aang even further as well. It cements their, um, I guess, status as friends in there with like, you know, the fact that Zuko can't firebend and now Aang is needing to learn to firebend as well. So it's like it bonds them as well because they had to do the dancing dragon. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm i I'm struggling to come up with, uh, to think of a f- favorites necessarily, but for ones that really stood out, definitely Zuko, Zuko alone. Just I, I feel like that one sits with me. When I think back to the episodes that really had an impact, that one's definitely on there. And I've already mentioned Appa's Lost Days a couple times, but that one also, I think, is just a a really special and different kind of Avatar episode. And yeah, that one sits with me as well. I mean, truth be told, I just go back and rewatch the entire series. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. And I'll definitely, I'm hoping to, uh, after we get into Korra, uh, book one, I'm going to be jumping back into the beginning of this show because I very much want to go back to some of those book one stories. Yeah, right? Like, it's such a different tone and different identity as well. It's like, you know, how, you know, show our hand here and like that, but we, you know, recently just talked about A New Hope and how different that feels when you look at uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, which we'll get to eventually. But just like, wow, what what a completely different film going forward. Or when you look, sorry, when you look back on it. Yeah. Yeah. Very different from my memories. And, you know, we were doing, uh, we had, we'd actually uh, peek behind the curtain. We had planned to do this uh, series overview maybe like a week ago. 
and we'd started it and or we hadn't really started we we were dancing around starting it and i i put in the disc for book one it was just playing it in the background like okay i'll just have this going as we talk just to you know get a flavor of book one again and boy does it look different feel different and i was like oh what a different simpler time for the show yep where it went so i miss that simpler time i want to go back to it soon that's the thing right like i'm that's that's what like makes me like even though we had some things to say, i'm i look i think i listened to book one review a while ago but like yeah there were some things that we had to say that doesn't matter like i said you know before, I, I mentioned this before in one of the episodes uh it was like yeah, just because like you know this is my critic brain but my like turn my brain off watch this thing is like yeah i'm not going to think of these like complaints while i'm watching these again mm-hmm because now it's I I do I'm not, okay when I say this I don't mean this in a negative aspect I'm not saying this was a chore to watch but there was definitely a different mentality when it came to okay I have to watch this episode because I'm going to review it yeah no it does create yeah you got to be in like a a more hyper aware mode you can't just sit and casually watch it just for your own enjoyment it's a little bit different when you're uh, putting it under a spotlight to uh yeah review and pick apart to some degree. Yeah, it's, it's a different type of enjoyment. So I guess maybe <laughs> this maybe I'll I'll probably forget about this, but maybe like either at some point later on, I'll ask this guy on the other feed, uh, "Hey, how's your rewatch of Avatar coming along?" Just to see, like, oh yeah, I know it's it's going great, or oh, it's it's terrible. <laughs> well, it certainly wouldn't be terrible, that's for sure. Uh, but I guess moving away from there, if we don't have more for you know, some of our standout episodes. Um, one, one of the things I also wrote down, this is one of the last notes that I have. So hopefully you have maybe something more or, or maybe we've gone long enough. I don't know. Um, but how do we feel like the spirit world was developed throughout this series? Cause I feel like at times it was more sporadic than I remembered. I, I felt like there was a more consistent thread of it when I uh, first watched, it. I feel like they paced it out in a way where it felt like it was developing naturally, but I don't know if it's just because it took us three years to go through it, but it definitely feels like it was more, yes, yeah, spaced out than I thought the first time I watched it. So avoiding spoilers, but problem with this is that I was very much affected by what's come afterwards and what's already, you know, I guess explained a lot of it out of. And again, that's hopefully that's not spoiling anything. Obviously the, next series the sequel series goes into that stuff a lot more i don't know if that's a spoiler or not but um yeah unfortunately i may have bit off more than i chew and say like oh yeah spirits like where's all these spirits this is the thing this is the exact thing with star wars where oh well how come we don't see more of the force because everybody's inflection of the force comes after four five and six because when you rewatch four five and six you realize man, they didn't actually use the force as often as I thought they did. Like they use it like, you know, very, um, uh, they, they use it very sparringly but when they do it's significant. Whereas they talk about, especially if you play like the force unleashed, they overblow the force to uh, different proportions. Let's put it that way than what it start, first started as. And so I feel the same way where like the spirit world was always meant to be like a mystery. Like I assume the creators had more, intent they had other like plans they wanted to do with spirit world because you really don't get that much and even like the movie itself like Shyamalan's movie uh uses that as a you know it kind of 
which I, I guess I appreciate where they, they try to at least keep the, well, know, spirit world, but at least a spirit uh, is contacting Aang and at least, you know, kind of mentoring him in a way. Um, and we, we, you know, I guess, yeah, I was combining, you know, Roku and Fang together. Because uh, I know spirits were supposed to be like a, well, I guess it was set up because, you know, you're making a two hour movie and obviously you have to have the two koi fish at the end and they're both spirits. Sure. So it's like, well, you got to set them up in a way. Um, but yeah, I guess in a way, yeah, that wasn't there as I thought it was. But again, when there was an episode dealing with spirits, it was an episode dealing with spirits. Like it was a very serious one. So the presence of the spirits aren't as prevalent as I thought they were coming back to this. But when there was an episode about them, oh, it was about them. Yeah. No, yeah. I think it helps give them more of a kind of a pop to them. Whenever you do see them, it's like, oh, wow, this is this is something big happening here. And yeah, no, I'm definitely curious to go back to Korra and see, because that, hopefully this isn't spoilers, but for my memories, yeah, there was tons and tons of spirit stuff there. But yeah, maybe I was just bringing some of that over from Korra. I'm not quite sure at this point. But I think that they developed it well enough. I think that they definitely left a lot of room for fans to theorize and be curious about and to uh, be chomping at the bits to learn more in either comics or in a new series to come. So so that that was smart for them. Even if this story was going to be told, there's there's all that other stuff that's still waiting to be explored. Yeah, like Star Wars, they created a whole universe. And there's so many like minor aspects or major aspects that you can go into that. It's like fan fiction writer's heaven. Yeah, and that's one thing to definitely praise for these first uh, three seasons great world building throughout and it immerses you so much that you're just sad to leave it when it's done that that's how i felt <laughs> walking out of avatar ang i was very sad to leave this uh, this world i'm glad that we me and you get to continue with the comics which didn't exist uh, back in 2008 yeah i guess <laughs> yeah you're right you get you see yeah it's lucky for you're fortunate uh, in your age to be able to do this. Whereas for every, like all, I don't want to go there, but all the OGs uh, again, had to make fan fiction up because we <laughs> didn't know what was happening other than like a movie that was going to retell book one. It's oh like, no. Yeah. Everybody had to turn to fan fiction by the point. It was the dark times before <laughs> uh, the Shaman, as people might say. The wilderness years like Dr. Who fans say from uh, yeah, 1990 on to uh, 2004, the wilderness years. There you go. Yep. Or in between the time of when Star Trek Toss ended and I guess the motion picture started or was released. Yeah, or as I always thought of the, the Godzilla from 2004 to 2014. Those are my wilderness years of just waiting and waiting. <laughs> there is that. And I guess I forgot there was the animated series for Star Trek. I forgot about that. Whoops. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I forgot about that. My apologies. Uh, but f- yeah, for this overview, is there anywhere else that you feel like we we need to go before we uh, come around to the, to the close? Um, well, I think it's obvious that the level of tech, I think we've mentioned this, but the level of technology has definitely escalated and or at least advanced since not only like, you know, Aang's original timeline, but by the end of it, we have flight. Yeah. Flight was obviously a thing that could be achieved in this world via, you know, riding on the backs of sky bison or dragons. 
until the dragons were extinct. Uh, and I guess sky bison as well, but never could humans self-propel themselves unless of course, by way of bending still that question of, can they just do the Terra method? Oh, I, I don't know if teen Titans also counts as like serialized storytelling. Cause it's sort of is sort of isn't, but can they, can earthbender do a Terra style from teen Titans method of achieving flight by just controlling the rock beneath them? Like just having the rock float and they float with it, like they're on top of it, like you know, as if it were like the magic carpet from Aladdin. Anyways, <laughs> you know, we we started out, yeah, with like warships, and then like the idea of a war balloon was there, and then by the end, yeah, we've achieved flight in this world. So, what happens next? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. That that is a really interesting point. Just seeing the the technology develop throughout the show also leaves open that door of yeah, where is it going to go after this? And that's that's also a cool place to leave it. I I guess it's also a good example. Uh, again, we were dealing with war in this series. It's a good example to show kids what war can also do when it comes to the escalation of arms, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Where we see, you know, the fact that technology can advance rapidly. You know, because, you know, each side wants to get the better of the other. And really, I guess that was more with the Fire Nation. Literally, they created the blimps and the dirigibles uh, over, I guess, like the Earth Nation or Earth Kingdom and Water Tribes. Heck, the Earth Kingdom was like the, I guess, second most advanced uh, civilization, whereas the obviously Fire Nation number one, the freaking Water Tribes didn't really have much like technology. They have technology obviously, but they didn't really advance in that much of a way. No. They kind of just, like, they had, you know, they were still using, like, wooden and uh, animal skin canoes and our boats, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, maybe well, I guess, yeah, having that being in a place that's surrounded by water what's the technology? Because your whole world is, is there to manipulate. Exactly. Well, also with ice. Yeah, water as well so it's like in water too i guess yeah fair enough um yeah because you can't really like melt down metals or something like that you can't really i mean hey yeah you have that advantage of water you're absolutely right it's like you know how much more can you go with yeah why would you need technology when it's all so many resources just surrounding you everywhere but i will say that now it's almost like metal bending was meant to happen in like an evolutionary sense, like an environmental evolutionary sense where there needed to be like a metal bender because as the escalation of technology increased or evolution, whatever you want to call it, as the expansion of technology progressed, it's almost like the universe balanced itself out with like bending potentially because the environment itself was changing to suit human technology and the human imagination. So it's almost like the universe, whoever governs this, you know, the invisible force or energy field kind of gave us a new form of bending in the way of metal bending. So it's almost like we see a progression there. So that's kind of interesting to see where metal, how metal bending will uh, kind of, I mean, metal has always been a thing throughout the series, but it's just like, it'll be interesting to see where uh, metal bending goes with this, this series and, you know, if that mean you know, if there's a whole army of metal benders, we have to revert back to like say, you know, like wood or or you know, like the water tribe has it. So it's almost like balancing itself out. But obviously, we only have one metal bender so far. Yeah, that is interesting. The 
variance in the the bending. They they've shown us a couple examples, like the combustion man being a, a different variation. I guess the lightning bending as well. Yep. And I guess it's sand bending. So they they showed us that there was definitely some different flavors in there, and maybe there's room for different types as we go forward, which I'm curious to, because I can't remember currently if there's much of that. So I guess we'll see. Well, sand bending was, again, developed by the fact that the, I guess this, this tribe of, of earth kingdom people uh, were living in the desert. So they had to, I guess, adapt in a way. And, you know, what is sand, but just micro uh, particles. If, you know, Mm -hmm. earth bending is mostly, you know, macro objects. I forgot, I wrote this down years ago. I forget what it's called, but like macro particles or whatever it's called, then they have control of micro particles. It's just a lot more refined. Uh, I guess another thing was, Oof. you know, through this war, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately, another thing was discovered. Yeah. Oof. It may have existed beforehand. I, we don't know. We're just going with like, you know, we're like this certain character, you know, found it off of because of survival and you know what happened. So blood bending is a thing. Yeah. And I'm very curious to see what they do if they move that forward in, in Korra. Yeah. And in, again, like what other further developments can we go in and even beyond Korra with the, the upcoming team, uh, TV shows and movies. Very curious to see what they do with that. As as you know, like if we ever get like a sci-fi one that they they go into space. I can't imagine what that would be like. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. I do not want to think about that at all. But yeah, well, could they? Is there anything to bend out there? The energies of stars. It becomes like a like a cosmic marvel. Well, I mean, <laughs> we already know. We already established that Toph can bend space Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a thing. Um, I guess I'll pose this question. You know, was was this the first instance of bloodbending in the entire series and our entire universe, excuse me? So beyond just what we saw on TV, is there been other instances of bloodbending in the past, but it was never recorded? And now that Katara has this knowledge and has used this power or this technique, excuse me, on somebody else twice, um not the same person of course um is it going to happen again will it just randomly happen because of well full moon and a waterbender realizes hey i can use this or they don't realize but they're like "Ooh, this is interesting is she now the sole arbiter over you know how this is dictated are we gonna have laws against bloodbending and or you know, how, where do we move forward with this new technique and this very dangerous forbidden technique? Well, in terms of the past, of course, it's uh, impossible yeah, to know whether it was. Yeah, of course, because it's never been written. So, yeah. uh, you know, out, out of continuity or out of series, yeah, we have no idea because, you know, they just, you know, they thought of it for that episode. So we don't know if somebody else has. But I, I okay, this is like just projection, but I'm going to assume that probably somebody has thought of it, like has realized it in the past, but they never, you know, wrote it down. There's never any, like, maybe there was like a legend or something like that, but it was never like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. Like, I, I'm just going to assume like isolated incident that nobody ever talked about it again. Yeah, but for talking about it again, I think Qatar definitely should, uh, yeah, put it in a writing somewhere in some sort of forbidden scroll or or scroll or scroll only left for the, uh, like the the master waterbenders i don't feel like it should be a forgotten technique 
yeah, does she tell Master pa- Master Paku about this? Does she mention this to him? What is he? What is his reaction? How does he approach this? Um, and other, you know, Master Waterbenders. Yeah, well, yeah. What, what, what do we? That there, there's a question of like, what do we do with bloodbending? Actually, now that I think about it, what's the result of Hama? Yeah, like what happened to her? Because she, because she was imprisoned by the Fire Nation. I don't know if that specific town, well, it was a Fire Nation town. Also, there's colonies. Okay, anyway, but yeah, does Hama get freed? Because now Zuko is, you know, Fire Lord. Does Katara tell? Anyway, I'm going too deep in this. Sorry. Yeah, you are. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, definitely leaving some doors open for for Korra. I'm 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 looking forward to focusing on that aspect of it and seeing how, given a a big time jump, hopefully that's not spoilers. <laughs> to see if if the yeah how the bending's developed in that time, I'm I'm very curious to, to go back to it. Well, there's the obvious thing of is Aang really the last airbender? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll leave that question uh, yeah open to see what happens there. He's definitely going to have to have kids. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but um, yeah, I've, I, do we feel like we've uh, we've we've covered the, the elements that we wanted to cover? Yeah, I'll. I mean, I would just be reiterating my point of this is a. I I can see the metaphor for Aang being like a teenager or being a stand-in for a teenager and what they have to go through in life. Maybe it's not the best example potentially and not the most applicable one for people or that one that resonates with people, but I can still maybe um, fitting a square peg into a circular hole. Uh, Like, eh, I think you could sort of see like what teenagers go through at this time in their life when they it's the transition between being a child and being you know a young adult yeah no no that yeah i think that works yeah i guess going forward with you know all these other series that we're going to see and i just in series i mean but like you know because because we're now like in the age where we're going to be seeing the continuation of ang's story and maybe these other character stories maybe we already touched on this but where do you want to see them go um, in terms of like what we're gonna get in the, the comic books, or or do you mean in terms of like the Ang movie that's coming? Oh, just where do you personally want to see like you know what what, what do you want to see these characters go go through or at least see? Well, like we, like we discussed with some of the stuff during uh, Avatar Ang, we're like, wow, if if this is what Ang looks like in the Avatar state, having this kind of control over the elements, and he's just such a formidable force. I would like to see an older Aang, maybe in his, his early 30s or something like that, when he has taken that time and grown up and learned to master it and see that kind of him in full control of his powers. I would love to see what he would be like as a, that kind of avatar instead of this fun-loving kid. Early 30s, man, he's probably like, you know, got wearing glasses, has uh, earmuffs on right now or headphones on. He's got a beard and um, uh, and he's doing a podcast. I, I wouldn't think that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, definitely. I I don't know. I, I You almost probably would be, could only tell that kind of stuff in novel form, maybe. Like the mundanity now, like the war is over. It's 
like you know development time it's peacetime air quotes peacetime well where do we, yeah like you know how how do you tell that kind of story well i more mean like get a get a story with conflict just now that he's a full fully developed avatar instead of this kid it could be like a minor conflict you know <laughs> enough for uh like one movie or or one comic yeah of course you wouldn't want to see what happens immediately after this or, you know, the mundane life of the day in the life of Aang? I think a good time jump would, uh, yeah, freshen things up. In terms of what happens with Aang, yeah, I feel like his story's reached a good conclusion here. And if they're going to tell us another one, yeah, giving it a time jump would be good. But how about you? Yeah, I mean, how do you tell a mundane story, really? Uh, like, <laughs> all of a sudden, it's like, you know, uh, pomp and circumstances. You have to watch that. It's like, hey, some people love that kind of stuff. And others, like, I'm I'm just more interested in, like, how somebody would approach that kind of storytelling method of, like, all right, so the war effort's over, or the war is over. Now, you know, it's time for, like I said, pomp and circumstances and all the politics that happen afterwards. Yeah, that's what you'd want to, That's that's your answer to your question? Uh, maybe, maybe it's not. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just think uh, if, if they're going to tell that, if they're going to give Aang a solo film, yeah, I hope he's, he's older. I hope it's not directly following this. Give some time to, for his character to be in a completely different place. You mean like a certain movie did 14 years later? Uh, which movie? Credibles 2. Oh, well, uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe not that. <laughs> That's that's kind of what I was alluding to of just like, you know, yeah, we can you know see what happens immediately afterwards or we can jump ahead in time. Yeah, it's always healthy to jump ahead in time, I think, when you've reached the end of one story. Yeah, it's better to give it some time for a new story to, to, to have different reasons to be there. In a way, Star Wars did do that where it was episode four and then episode five and it was, you know, some you know, time later when, you know, we're, our characters are in different places. Uh, but it's the start of the story that's about to happen. We, we see them in a different light. Yeah, but do you feel like now you've uh, you've reached the end of your your tether with these uh, these additional questions? I suppose so. I'm not as you know. I don't know potentially where else to go with this. Uh, again, like we could analyze symbolisms, we can analyze themes, but I didn't come prepared for that, so I'd probably do a terrible job over that all, all that stuff. And we've already done it. <laughs> well, maybe not as, you know, intensely as other people might have. But I think I'm at least contempt with where we leave off for now. I guess now we go on to the comic books. Yeah. Uh, which one we start with again? So I won't give the order for everybody because we'll just reveal it at the end of what's happening later. Uh, but for now, we are starting with The Lost Adventures. The Lost Adventures. Well... Thank you, everyone, who's followed us along th- throughout this uh, this run of covering Avatar: Last Airbender. Yeah, now we're going to jump into our little little bridge series of covering some of the comics, and I'm very excited to get into these uh, these apparently lost uh, adventures. I'm very curious what's going to happen there. Yep. So, till next time, give this uh, whole you know series. I don't mean our series, but give the whole series a watch because I think you might enjoy it. Uh, if, if, if you've been following along this entire time and just been listening to us and never have like actually watched an episode of Avatar Last Airbender, I would recommend it to you all. So thank you for listening until next time. Peace. Peace.